0: Needless. Needless. Think. 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 Podcast Hey Phantom Maniacs. welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop Culture Dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and today, once again, we are talking about wrestling because it's time for WrestleMania. That's right. It is, uh, every once in a while here on the podcast, uh, I get excited about wrestling and, uh, we, we do some special stuff and I encourage you to go back and listen to the last episode of the Needless Things podcast, episode 153, where I talked to Michael Mosley, wrestler and cosplayer about, uh, cosplay and about specifically what he's been doing with WWE for the past two years. So... There's more to, to uh, that last episode than just wrestling. This episode, however, is something very special because seven years ago I appeared on my very first podcast. It was a WrestleMania pre-show. I did a very, very bad Dusty Rhodes impersonation. Is there any other kind, really? And it was a great time and is where my love of recording myself talking started. And that podcast was for a site once known as MC4TR, now known as dorkdroppings.com with our pal Noel. And I had Noel on the show today to relive that magic seven years later. Uh, we had a great time talking about uh, really more about WWE in general than WrestleMania specifically, although we do run down the card and we do have some thoughts about certain things that are happening at WrestleMania, because you can't uh, obviously discuss WWE in general without getting into WrestleMania at this time of year. So, great episode coming up. Uh, Monday's episode, 153, a special bonus episode I do not normally post on Monday, so go back and listen to that one as well. And also, you can check out supportphantom.com for special exclusive podcasts that are not available here at needlessthingsite.com or on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you find the Needless Things podcast. Uh, recently i put up a new installment of needless audio called the poo nightmare you're going to want to check that out it's very fun so go to supportphantom.com, see what level of contribution you are comfortable with and contribute become a pal of old phantom and uh, help out the site help out the podcast and help out phantom troublemaker going to cons and and all the other dorky stuff that I try to do to entertain you, the people. So WrestleMania is Sunday, if you're listening to this on time, and I can't imagine anybody waiting to listen to an episode of the Needless Things podcast, and it's uh, the ultimate thrill ride, which is kind of a high bar considering the table that they've set. Uh, Noel and I discussed that a good bit, but regardless of WWE's decisions regarding the, the card at Mania, I'm excited because it's WrestleMania. Uh, it's it's electrifying, it's a huge event. Uh, you know, I have a bunch of people over, we hang out, we have fun. It, it's, it's really just about the opportunity to sit back and enjoy all the different ways that wrestling can be entertaining. Everything from a Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho match, which is likely, you know, potentially a match of the year, to something like John Cena potentially, there's that word again, which is another exciting thing about Mania. The potential there is the potential for everything on this card to blow us away, because quite frankly, not much of it uh, looks like it's going to do that, <laughs> right right off the bat. But uh, everything from an Owens Jericho match or an Austin Aries Neville match to you know John Cena possibly proposing to Nikki Bella, because I, I don't have a problem with something like that being part of Wrestlemania because it it is more about the sizzle than the steak at this time of year and I'm okay with that it's spectacle and you guys know I love spectacle I love entertainment I love the fun stuff so speaking of the fun stuff it's almost time to just get there to get to me and Noel talking about wrestling stuff but first I want to tell you go to needlessthingsite.com Click on that big old Amazon box on the top right of the front page, or I guess of all the pages if you're on a computer, and buy some stuff through there. You don't have to buy what's in the box. You just click on whatever, and then once you're in there, navigate to whatever you want, whether it is old WrestleMania DVDs and Blu-rays. Uh, copies of Beyond the Mat, which I just ordered a new copy of because I realized uh, I only have it on VHS and I don't even own a VCR anymore. So go go to needlessthingsite.com, click on the Amazon box. Once you're in Amazon, search for Beyond the Mat and buy yourself a copy of Beyond the Mat because it's one of the greatest documentaries of all time. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, I watched this thing with my dad. And let me just tell you, my mom and dad, uh, the, the reason I am uh, not more familiar with the the 80s and early 90s uh, wrestling than I am is because my mom and dad were not fans of me watching wrestling. So even my dad enjoyed Beyond the Mat. No better endorsement than that. All right, guys, it is time now to get to me and Noel taking a look at dissecting what's happening over the past couple of years with WWE. We look at the good, we look at the bad, we look at the entertaining and we look at the not so entertaining. So sit back, relax, enjoy. And, uh, you know, maybe tell your friends at your own WrestleMania party, Hey, go check out the needless things podcast. You'll like these guys. And one of the reasons I wanted to do more of a general discussion is, I feel like this episode will still hold up if you listen to it after Mania because we're not just running down the card. We're, we're talking about, it's sort of a state of WWE address, except obviously neither of us have anything uh, to do with WWE yet. I'm working on it. I'm just kidding. That's never going to happen. All right, guys, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of year once again. The time of year where gentlemen put on their tiniest briefs, get in a ring, and fight each other to the end. It's the time of year where horrible musical artists like the Pit Bull unfortunately grace WWE pay-per-views. And it is the time of year where Nikki Bella joins her soon-to-be, possibly, husband, John Cena, for a match against the two best heels working in the business today, in my opinion, anyway. It's WrestleMania time, and there is nobody that I would rather be talking about WrestleMania with than the Jizza to my Method Man, the Dutch Mantel to my Jack Thwaga, my podcast godfather, Mr. Noel Wood. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> what was that for an intro? I bet you've never been called yeah, that's, Dutch was, Mantel. a lot of words. <laughs> that's what I do. That's all I've got, man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes, I, I and, and you actually went with the with the Dutch Mantel name and not the... uh Now I can't even remember his WWE name.
0: I can't either, which is why I said Dutch Mantel. But also because Dutch Mantel does carry... You know, he I I, I have a high opinion of Dutch Mantel. I just... Hated Zeb that Coulter. character, Zeb Coulter. Yeah, I, I didn't Just like that character, man. And, and I, I like me. Some well, of he's Jackie doing Lacka
1: it. In, he's doing it in Impact Wrestling now. So you can always in, go tune in, over if you in what? need a
0: refresher. In what? <laughs> yeah, that that thing. Uh, so all I wanted to do, really, I, we aren't even necessarily going to focus on on WrestleMania, although it will certainly come up. I want to discuss uh, what's happening in WWE right now and it was spurred by Wrestlemania because, and I'm, I'm curious to I'm i I'm, I'm going to let you talk for a minute, here is my hot take and I honestly don't even know what that phrase means I've never said it before, but it seems appropriate here's my hot take on this year's Wrestlemania, I feel like WWE uh, th- there's somewhere within the booking committee or the people that are in charge of things, they made a bet to see if they could take the best, most athletic, exciting roster WWE has ever had and make the blandest WrestleMania card (laughs) possible with that roster. What are your feelings about that statement? I couldn't agree with that
1: statement more. I feel like this is just another show that's going to happen to be like, 12 hours long and is bookended by a couple of shows like there's a couple of shows I'm looking forward to this coming weekend they are the Hall of Fame NXT and uh the Raw following Wrestlemania but like really I'm actually kind of dreading the process of watching that entire show because there might be a couple good matches on it but there's nothing that I'm excited about and that's really really rare. Or WrestleMania,
0: there. I'm not going to lie. There are things I'm excited about. Uh, Unfortunately, one of those things I just found out has been relegated to the pre-show. Oh yeah, Austin Aries and Neville. Yeah, which is going to be absolutely fantastic. But the crowd is going to be absolutely dead because it's going to be freaking daylight out.
1: Well, that, and they also have to spend 10 minutes wrapping the ropes in purple tape oh or whatever they do, changing the – I'm not sure because I haven't been to a live event since they've been doing this. But, yeah, apparently that's part of what sucks all the energy out of the crowd is now we have to do this, and here's a backstage segment while we do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, they, they have to sit there, you know, 40, I, I have, 40 guys run out to the ring and take 10 minutes to do whatever it is they do.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate that they're trying to do something different with them and display them in a in a way that makes them, I guess, to them seem special, but just treat them like everybody else and put a different graphic up, and the people at home will
0: not know the difference. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, if you really do want it to stand out and be special, don't put it on the frickin' pre-show. That too. You know, make that title mean something. Because I'll tell you right now, I'm way more invested. I, I th- Personally, I feel that... The Cruiserweights and 205 Live have been getting a lot of traction. Uh, they have some personalities that are standing out to me. I think, for me personally, it's been a successful program so far. Not as successful as it could be, but better than I expected, as in they have not scrapped it yet.
1: Right, and there's, there's some people that you can tell they actually have... You know, they, they like and they want to get behind. And yeah, you know, yeah. you're seeing guys like Jack Gallagher and, uh, you can tell they're related to Rich Swan. You can tell that they're, um, I mean, they're way more into Austin Aries than I thought they would be at this point. No, in time. and that's kidding. fantastic because that guy is amazing at everything he does. Yeah. And he's... guys like Noam Dar, and, you know, who, I mean, yeah, he's being used as enham- enhancement talent right now, but you can tell that they want to do something with him. They wouldn't have paired him with Alicia Fox and had him um, you know, have that little story with Cedric Alexander a couple months ago. If they didn't have some interest in having these guys be something at some point in time, at least that's what I, my take on it.
0: Well, and Dar's getting mic time too. Like the fact that he's getting yep. more mic time than a lot of guys from the main roster, uh, which even though the cruiserweights appear on Raw, I still don't really consider them main roster guys. And, and to me, that's a compliment. Mm. Like they're, they're 205 live, which is, I feel like that's an equivalent to Raw and SmackDown and not like a step below like NXT is. But, yeah. uh, yeah, Dar, I feel like Dar really took the ball and ran with it because when he first showed up, he, he felt a little awkward and, uh, I really wasn't sure he was going to be sticking around, but, but he has turned into a great heel as has, uh, Davari, Arya Davari. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've said it before, maybe not on the podcast, but I know when we've been watching the shows, you know, Arya Divari to me is the reason Jack Gallagher is as over as he is. Because he sold all of his stuff. He was the perfect heel for Gallagher to get over on. And and yep. that's honestly that's something that's kind of missing from the main roster. You know, on two oh five live, we have very clearly defined heels and baby faces. And to me, that makes it a lot more exciting. Oh yeah, don't get me
1: started on that, because there's some ranting I want to do about heels and baby faces in WWE right now. Let's do it.
0: Let's do it. It's a perfect time to do it because I'm thoroughly annoyed by that myself.
1: Yeah. Is 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 the first item on your agenda um a certain guy whose name rhymes with Noman names
0: <laughs> Uh yeah. I I'm and and look, I, I want to say this. Roman Reigns has had He has not had, in my opinion, any great matches yet, but he has had very good matches with the right people. I'm not in the camp that feels like he's incompetent, but I am in the camp that feels like, WWE, how do you not understand what you should be doing with this guy? Well, the
1: thing is, two years ago,
0: when they first figured out, oh,
1: they're not really liking the push we're giving this guy, let's turn him heel for a year. And in a year and a half, he'll be the biggest babyface in the company. Mm -hmm. He has a cousin that kind of went through that about 20 years ago.
0: (laughs) Right. It's not like they
1: don't have a precedent. Yeah, you would think that they would have figured out at this point in time, maybe this isn't working, but you know what might work? And if you watch that thing he did with The Undertaker last night, every time he was talking and the crowd was booing him, and he ate it up. Yes. And he played to them. But I think that's all him, and that's not what they're really directing him to do. I could be wrong on that. But they're clearly booking him as, like, triumphant hero babyface, even though he's kind of playing the heel in this role. Well, and it's and just,
0: he, turn him or don't. He's and, had sparks of that cocky, douchey, like, kind of bro guy yeah, before that that have really clicked with me where I've been like, oh, I can see Roman Reigns being this guy. But then they always turn him around and hand him a script and make him smile. And make him say suffer and succotash or oh, something gosh. stupid like that. Oh, right, right. Uh yeah, I I'm but Roman is not the only problem uh that they have and and I actually am really interested in getting your opinion on this. I wrote a piece uh, a few weeks ago about the dueling clown show that they had in the main (laughs) events of Raw and SmackDown, uh, which was, you know, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. Right. uh, Essentially the, the co-holders of the Universal Championship, I guess. And, uh, just being goofballs. And, and unfortunately, you know, that's fine. Chris Jericho can do anything Chris Jericho wants to do. But Kevin Owens had been on his uh, streak as a true heel that was not cool, that was very aware of the crowd and not playing to them or trying to be NWO cool. Uh, and then this whole thing with Jericho where they're a comedy team – took away every bit of gravitas that Owens had and then on the other show you have AJ Styles who's the WWE champion in a feud with James freaking Ellsworth
1: losing to him three times let's oh. not forget that detail about it and here's the thing with the um with Jericho and Owens they redeemed that with the payoff of all that to me that six, eight months or however long, however long that, uh, team, uh, KO was together or or whatever they, uh, Jared
0: team, Chris and Kevin, they wouldn't, team Chris use, and Kevin. they wouldn't <laughs> even use team Jared KO yeah because they were um, still at the time trying to be heels,
1: but they did, uh, you know, all that time of them being goofy paid off with the, 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 the big festival of turn, friendship. Yeah. The festival of friendship in Vegas and all that, um, so it made it all worthwhile. Um and it, and I also think it would have been fine had you not on the other show been doing the same I, goofy thing.
0: Well, and that's that's kind of my point is it was it was too much comedy at the top. Uh yeah. but well, I, and I mean, at the same
1: time on SmackDown, you this is this is the period where John Cena was pretty much gone and your main event scene was AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose and period and that's it.
0: Yeah, you're and right.
1: You couldn't do much more than that with it. So you know, SmackDown's roster, especially at the top, is so thin at the moment that uh, you know they did what they were having to do, and
0: yeah, which it's bizarre to me that Ambrose is such a weak world champion and main event player, but is so good with a secondary title, and 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 honestly has been able to elevate Baron Corbin, yeah. Like that well, has been a solid feud that you know Corbin, who I had no tolerance for initially, and who now you know thanks to Dean Ambrose's intensity and and what they've been doing and his own hard work, you yeah, know start started with his work with Samoa Joe too. Going yeah, back yeah. to NXT, that's that's when I
1: first started seeing something in Baron Corbin.
0: It, I, I didn't. Well, you you have traditionally though uh had sort of a better eye for that kind of thing than I have. Because I and that that's I totally forgot to mention at the top of the show that seven years ago uh was my very first podcast and that was for uh the the now known as Dork droppings. Uh you and I did a WrestleMania pre show and and (laughs) seven years. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's all going by so quickly. Where was Baron Corbin seven years ago? Probably Probably in high
1: school. uh, or playing football or something. I, yeah. they, they, they don't like... I don't know. They, I, I have a feeling, I think they've dropped a couple hints that he used to be a football player, I think. But, uh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> They're very Every, subtle like that. It's,
1: it's 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 almost as bad as uh, Mike today saying uh, Relic is... or Killer is Relic spelled backwards yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the other way around yeah. back in TNA, back 10 years ago.
0: So, um, this whole... Uh, this This non-clearly defined faces and heels I, I don't care for. I think it's okay with one or two people, but WWE s- seems to have taken a company stance uh, and, and if you look at interviews and podcasts and podcasting whatever with their employees, their, the employees uh, particularly the younger guys have adopted this stance that that whole boo John Cena Roman Reigns phenomenon, which granted it's two different things with Cena and Reigns and we can talk about that yeah. Uh, but that whole bouillet thing, the split crowd thing, they're under the impression that that's appealing and that because that's what legitimate sporting competitions are, like when you go to a football game, well, not me, but when somebody goes to a football game, you know, you, you're cheering for your team and the other people are cheering for the other team and that's all fine and dandy. But to yeah. me, wrestling doesn't work that way.
1: No, it, it, it doesn't. And there are some
0: guys that can
1: get away with doing, I'm a babyface, but I'm acting like a heel, or I'm a heel, but I'm kind of acting like a babyface, but it's it's rare, guys, that can do it, um, but yeah, the whole uh, being booked as the strongest babyface in the card and getting heel reactions thing, that's something that probably shouldn't be happening, and it means that you as a company are doing something wrong, because those guys are eliciting reactions, that means that they could be eliciting the right reaction if you just book them the right way.
0: Yes, exactly. And
1: And and with Cena, there was a lot of stuff you could say about it because, you know, even ten years ago, he was the big Make-A-Wish guy. And he, you know, Cena was selling t-shirts and stuff that you saw kids wearing, like, out in the wild. You don't see that with Roman Reigns. No. Um, Cena had movie offers coming in ten years ago. You're not seeing that with Roman Reigns. They're two very different stories. And Cena, even though he wasn't the worker that Roman Reigns was at this point in his career... He put on matches that felt more special. Like I was just thinking about when he first beat the Big Show for the
0: U.S. title, um, that felt like a huge moment. Well, and his his working with Kurt Angle and early uh, early on, like Cena, Cena had a charisma, and you could tell S- Cena didn't want to do anything but wrestle. Whereas Roman Reigns feels like Cena. Comes across like a wrestler. Reigns comes across like a guy who is wrestling. Yep. If that makes any sense. Yep. Uh, and, and it just it shows, and everybody knows it. Uh, and I think if he was able to be more comfortable and do what he wanted, he could he could find his place, find what he's good at, and, and be something really really big. But you know, now he's just I. I, I He's just not being allowed. He's uh, he's the ringmaster. Yeah, I mean that's that's really that he's the ringmaster, but they won't let him out of the gimmick.
1: Yeah, well, and the other ones that I have issues with this whole heel face dynamic is going on on the other side of the tracks with the world championship scene in on SmackDown because I don't understand. And I haven't watched SmackDown this week, so there hasn't been that much interaction between them since the whole big, I'm going to burn down your house thing. Oh, gosh. But to me, I don't understand why they're still trying to paint Randy Orton as a baby face and Bray Wyatt as a heel at this point in time. And maybe they switch that around because, again, I haven't watched SmackDown yet. Um, it just went off there about an hour and a half ago, and I haven't got a chance to sit down and watch it. But uh, that's blowing my mind because I, I, I saw that scene, and I said, okay... That's Bray Wyatt's face turn. And that's not the way they looked at it apparently.
0: I honestly I don't know what they're doing with it. I I can't even put my I I can't even point a finger and say which one I think is supposed to be the face or the heel. And I think it's another case of this nonsense where they feel like, well, people can cheer for whoever they want. And and in particularly in a storyline where you're involving uh goofy spooky shit you have to be more clear about that because, yeah. it, and it's, it, and once again, going back to Roman Reigns, you have Roman Reigns and The Undertaker, uh, where I don't know if they're letting Reigns be more of a heel because they realize by default Undertaker's going to be the babyface, but they have, you know, Undertaker's typical goofy, spooky shit, which he can do for as long as he wants. Whatever, he's Undertaker. Uh, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton cannot get away with the goofy, spooky shit that Undertaker, Undertaker can it's it's bad. And yeah. on on SmackDown, uh, you know, the, the first thing that they had was Randy Orton with the most ridiculously convoluted and nonsensical scheme to become the number one contender that we've ever seen, and that's saying something. Uh, you know, he wins the number one contender spot at Royal Rumble and then says, no, I'm not going to do it. And, and apparently just so he can figure out where Bray Wyatt's cabin is. And then he burns a pile of worms and bacon or whatever that was, uh, which leads to Bray Wyatt, you know, and and, and dousing
1: himself in his dead sister's ashes in
0: blackface. Yeah, essentially
1: with an army of uh, Eric Rowan's
0: or something. I don't know. Yeah, It's, (laughs) it's so bad. Well, what happened on Smackdown tonight? is uh, Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper had a match that should have been a big, important match, and it was the main event, but instead was uh kind of a not... Certainly neither of them were living up to their potential, and uh Bray just won, and then Randy Orton pops up on the screen back at the burned-down cabin, and he says, Okay, so I burned your sister's grave but apparently that gave you special blackface powers so now i'm gonna take this little thing that some child made in preschool that you were whacking me with last week when the army of eric rowans captured me (laughs) and i'm gonna stick it into the grave and that's gonna be the thing that gets you it's I, I don't it's nonsense and I actually turned it off I was like as soon as as soon as they showed Randy Orton holding that little thing uh, I was like you know what I'm done I, I'm gonna retain my excitement for Wrestlemania because I am excited because it's Wrestlemania uh, but it, it was it was it was horrible it was it was bad bad theater I I, I know uh, there, there are high school drama productions that have more gravitas and intensity <laughs> than this bullshit
1: yeah, it's a little silly, but I I will admit to being highly entertained by the burning down the house se- segment. And as as I told you before, we were talking about this uh the last pay-per-view. Just the moment where Randy Orton throws his arms up and does his, <laughs> does pose, his pose in front of the burning building just made it all The burning perfect. building that
0: still <laughs> had a cameraman inside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, it was just, it's it, it's bad, bad stuff. And the, the real problem here is that with every match at WrestleMania, there were better alternatives to what they have booked. Bray Wyatt versus AJ Styles would have been awesome and different and worthy of a WWE title match that people could get excited about. But instead, we have Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton and AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. Yeah, and here's...
1: Here's the thing, and I will defend that because if they're putting you in a match with Shane McMahon, that means they think something of
0: oh, you. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm not. And, I'm and, not and so everyone who that thinks that this
1: is a burial of AJ no, Styles, no, no, it's no, like, that's that's you, nonsense. They don't put a guy in a in a high profile match with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania unless they think this guy is something that you know we we're really getting behind. So
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that's in WWE's eyes. Um, A match against Shane is an automatic main event to them. Like that, if you're fighting Shane, you're a top player. You're one of their made men. Like that's, that's a huge deal. And I'm, I'm not saying in any way that, uh, that it's a bad thing that AJ is fighting Shane. It's actually a good thing. It's, it's incredible. but But, But let's
1: look at WrestleMania as what it is now. It's no, it's, this is not a card for, the smart fan who wants to see a bunch of work, rate. Right?
0: No, it's not. That's, that's going to be the NXT show.
1: Yeah. This is the, this is the spectacle. Yeah, this is uh, yeah. big matches, celebrity guests, uh, stars from the past, you know, smoke and mirrors. That's what WrestleMania is now. And I've kind of come to accept that, but there's still a way you can make it feel a lot more special than this one's does. And... Um, and uh, this is completely, uh, against what we're, we're nothing, nothing to do with what we've been talking about before, but when you look at the women's match on raw and that horrible setup they were doing for it, it was so obvious for so many months that the big payoff to Charlotte not ever losing on pay-per-view and Bailey yes. being the plucky underdog for months was to put them in a one-on-one match at WrestleMania and have her finally win the the title,
0: which would the have been of the so fantastic. And I don't give
1: half a shit about what's going on with that four way right now. No, because Nia Jax, first of all is awful. She doesn't belong to be it belong in that match. Um, it's so apparent what they're doing with Sasha right now that you you pretty much know she's going to come down and screw Bailey out of the title at some point in time later in the match or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's I don't it's just.
0: Un- I don't understand what's happened to Sasha Banks because when she was in NXT she was part of some of the greatest wrestling matches I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. Ever since she came up to Raw, she just does nothing for me. And, and part of it's cuz she's a babyface cuz she is Oh yeah. She is not a natural babyface. She is a natural heel. And my hope is what you're saying is true and we'll finally get uh heel Sasha that that you know, does things like go out in the audience and, and, uh, destroy the, the Bailey girls headband or, or whatever she did. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, I, that, that match is, is throwaway. It's completely, yeah. and here's, here's, uh, one of the points I have, cause I, I've, uh, for the listeners, uh, I made some bullet points here to talk mostly about the WWE and, and what they've been doing, uh, with, with touch touching on WrestleMania, obviously, but I, I want to get your, your thoughts on what's been going on with the, the women in general. They just haven't, the revolution ground to a halt. I, I mean, they, they haven't been, you know, these matches are really, they don't even feel as special as the stuff we were seeing between Lita and Molly and Trish and Beth Phoenix. Like, they just feel like oh they're women let's put them out there and they're still their feuds are still catty and ridiculous yeah uh they they're still i thought you're my friend oh you're not my friend oh we're best friends not anymore like it <laughs> it's the same old bullshit and i don't understand how we could have watched these exact same wrestlers in NXT have big impactful storylines Put on the best matches on the card, and then come up to be just kind of what we've always known women in WWE to be. What well, what, do you, what do you I, think happened?
1: I think that the, there's all the only explanation for that is that there's a seventy-something-year-old man who's the guy that eventually uh, calls all the shots on that main roster. Nothing happens on Raw or SmackDown that Vince McMahon does not approve. Right, and when it comes down to it they're going to keep going every time they they're like oh we're going to switch it up they always kind of settle back into those in those modes again um it's just kind of an overarching thing they'll they'll get oh we're going to try this and then they get bored with that experiment and Vince McMahon is the most fickle man in the history of
0: professional wrestling and that's saying a lot well and which which goes back to what I was saying about the cruiser weights, and that I'm surprised that that's Kind of still the special thing that it is. I did not expect. Yeah. I, I thought what you just said would happen, and that it would just kind of settle back into. Well, we'll blend them into well, the roster, and, and but work. that
1: goes that goes into what you were saying earlier about about uh, two or five live essentially being a third brand that he doesn't really care about. Right, which is right. why the matches on Raw uh, typically go like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know they'll 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 even have non matches where they come out to have a match and then there's a schmas and there's an interview and that's, that's it. And bad stuff.
0: Oh, Although yeah. no, I will say this though, Uh yes, it sucks they don't get more time on Raw, but at least they are appearing on Raw to get eyes potentially on 205 Live. Right. You know that, and that's you know if that's all we can get, I'll take it. And this is another thing that ties back into that women's match. Uh, I'm really torn on this one. I appreciate the fact that they have all these multi-person matches. Well, I guess every match is a multi-person match, but like these four, the, <laughs> unless it's Jerry Lawler wrestling, a- <laughs> right. Or unless, <laughs> it's, wrestle? Or, or unless it's our good friend, Matt sex sells wrestling, the invisible man. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. I think you were there for that. Weren't you?
1: I was at monstrosity championship wrestling. It was
0: incredible. Uh, but they have a lot of matches on the card or more than two people. And on the one hand, I appreciate the idea of let's get all the boys and girls on the card, give them the big WrestleMania payday. But on the other hand, they've been doing this for a few years now where they have all these battle royals and eight-person tag matches and whatever else. And I really feel like it's diluting the specialness of WrestleMania because WrestleMania yeah. used to be the top of the, the the cream of the crop of the roster in the best matches. Right. And now yeah, I, it's everyone I I what do, what do you think?
1: You know, I, I do appreciate that they want everyone to get the WrestleMania pay paycheck. And it it was a, there was a time where they weren't all on Actually, in matches, you'd have people who were hey, they showed up in a backstage segment, and so they got their pay off that way or whatever. But yeah, there are way too many to multi-man, multi-team matches, and I, honestly, I've lost track of who's in what. Um, the onto the giant battle royal is kind of the one place where I think you can do that, and it used yes. to be before that you had the uh, the ladder match. Um, which has now you know got its own pay-per-view for Money in the Bank. I
0: still feel like Money in the Bank should be a part of WrestleMania and not its own pay-per-view.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was a little peeved when they took that off of WrestleMania and gave it its own pay-per-view, uh, especially when they were doing split ones and they actually <laughs> had two Money in the Bank matches for each brand, and I'm afraid they're going to do that this year.
0: Yeah, probably, yeah. You're, you're probably right about that.
1: Yeah, because that also waters down that you know the specialness of that. Um, but yeah, going back to Mania, um, like I can't even tell you like who's in what all matches. I think the I think it's a one on one for the tag team titles on SmackDown. No,
0: they're in the freaking battle royal now.
1: Wait, the Usos and yes. American Alpha are in the battle royal now. Yes,
0: huh. wow. They, there's not even a tag title match because American Alpha. They so did nothing with them uh, that those titles really don't have any weight right now.
1: Yeah, they 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 com- there's another one. Um, this is it's the parody booking thing, and then the bringing guys up when they're not ready that they do way too often. But like, yeah, they really blew it with American Alpha more than I've seen them blow it with a lot of other potential people because they say, say you will that they, they they blew Apollo Cruz and they blew they blew Tyler Breeze but those were never the guys that were going to get like super over on the main roster no, no
0: but American Alpha could have yeah uh, um, I think they should have pulled up Revival uh instead of American Alpha
1: yeah but even then I'm actually glad they didn't because
0: oh no look no 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 yeah don't get me wrong and that's that's actually another one of my bullet points is the fact that as of right now I don't want them to bring up anybody else from NXT because of how badly it's gone for so many of the people from NXT in the last year,
1: yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe notwithstanding, but yeah, yeah. it's it's still early.
0: But but you've got basically all the women came up and are and they to to me personally, all the women have lost value compared to what I thought of them when they were NXT. Yeah. Um, well, I I, I, Enzo, I
1: disagree with I disagree with Alexa Bliss cuz I thought nothing of her. Well, yeah, know. yeah, you're
0: right. You're right. And yeah. she's
1: fantastic now on the main roster.
0: Well, she is and and I think you you put the right words on this when we were talking about it a few weeks ago. Uh she's very present. She yeah. can respond and go with the crowd and the situation and that is something that's rare amongst both men and women, although I think a little more so with women which which is, you know, if if that's not fair or if that's sexist or whatever, I'm sorry. But it, it does seem to be a more rare trait, uh, you know, in, in wrestlers in general, to have yep. her presence of mind and her ability to, to sort of adjust on the fly.
1: The other thing with the women, too, is that since the brand split happened, the only woman who's come onto, the, onto either roster as a new addition has been Bailey. There's been nobody added to the SmackDown roster. Well, Mickey James, Mickey James has been yeah. coming SmackDown, um, but there's just the same. Like you know, I mean, what's the Smack the SmackDown roster is what
0: four women: Carmella, Mickey James, Natalia, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, uh, uh, Nikki Naomi. Bella.
1: Well, yeah, and you know what?
0: Here, I, I I'm half of them are say- either
1: hurt or part time or serving as a valet at any given time. Yeah, so, right,
0: right. Well, I'll say this. Uh, I never, when I was watching N- NXT a year or whatever ago, I never would have guessed that Carmella to me would be the most valuable member of the Carmella, Enzo, <laughs> Cass team.
1: Well, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be even more so because now apparently the match at, uh, the match for the tag titles is a, a ladder match. So I'm pretty sure Enzo Amore is going to die on Sunday. Oh my
0: gosh. Yeah. He's not. That, that guy doesn't need to be taking bumps. Yeah. Um, cause I, I hope against hope that Cesaro and Sheamus are going to win the titles. Uh, I, I love that team. I'm very impressed I love that team too. with how they've told that story. Uh, and I also, I, I will give WWE credit for this. Uh, a, as horrible as Mick Foley has been as the general manager for the most part, uh, the story that they're telling now with Foley's legacy, with Cesaro and Sheamus, and with Sami Zayn and with Bailey, uh, that's very interesting to me. I like that, and I doubt they'll play it up as much as I think they should. But I, I like this idea of Foley's gone, but but look at look at the things that he made happen. And I, I would, I think it would be a really wonderful moment for Cesaro and Sheamus to, to have their WrestleMania moment, to get the tag titles back and to have that, you know, look, look at what McFoley did. He put these yep. guys together, uh, and his exit from Raw was fantastic. They, as, they handled that so well. Well, as much as
1: I would love to see Cesaro and Sheamus as the champions again, it's also, they just put it on, uh, on Anderson and Gallows and, the last thing they need to be doing is hot-shotting titles again, which is what they've been doing forever at this point. Um, so it's, it, I'm kind of like, as long as it doesn't wind up in, uh, and zone Cass's, uh, which around I, their waist.
0: I'm afraid of because yeah. it's going to be an early match. They are in, you know, everybody chants along with their opening. So they are the big baby faces. Uh, but I, I don't it's gonna depend on where that match falls on the card. If it's one of the yeah. if it's the opening match, which it could be, uh I think we get a Cesaro and Sheamus win because that's the biggest feel good win. Uh and I agree with you. I don't like that they're throwing the titles all over the place the way that they are. Uh well they don't mean anything anymore. No, they don't that's part of the problem. But like, I and I'll I, tell you this, I I, and sure... Brock
1: Lesnar being for the title actually takes something away from that match. Which is really weird
0: to say. I honestly, I, I don't know if I can call that one because Owens and Jericho is going to be the match of the night regardless of what titles are involved. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. Those two don't even need a title involved, which, which is, is apparent from the fact that the U.S. title is a complete afterthought. Uh, like Jericho cares so little about it, and he immediately said, yeah, that's fine, whatever, I'll put the title on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, that card is going to be the, or that, that match is going to be the match of the night. Uh, oh, they, yeah. they did not need the Universal Championship, and whatever happens with them, in a weird way, I feel like the Universal Championship being involved with Goldberg and Lesnar, in the long run, Will give it some value.
1: Well, if it goes back on Lesnar and it builds the you know builds that belt back up like the last time Lesnar had Which a,
0: I, I think a, has a top to championship. Happen. I feel like it has to happen because Goldberg. It's,
1: just, it's the wrong way to do it. It's oh, basically you put I, yeah. on a guy and have him leave for three months at a time, and that makes your championship more special. That once again that's like that's a sign of really bad booking when that's the only way you can make your championship mean something is to take it
0: away well and and that's the thing is WWE doesn't seem and and look i'm not going to try and act like i'm all knowing here uh you know i don't honestly know at this point with as many titles as they have and with as poorly as they've treated most of them you know i i don't really even know at this point the only one i can put a finger on and say Here's the move is to leave the SmackDown Women's title on Alexa Bliss. Because nobody will expect that. She's already to in my opinion she is a very strong champion. Yeah. Uh Yeah, she she lost to Mickey James, but it's not like she's Bailey who's lost, you know, 3 out of the oh. last 5 matches or Gallows and Anderson who not only have lost matches But have twice in the last three weeks caused their chances at WrestleMania to be worse, which is why I want the titles off of them. And it's not their fault. It's the way they've been booked. Well, that's,
1: that's, that's the stupid thing. It's like, don't all these people know it's every time they interfere in the match to say like, Hey, hey, I just, I caused a double disqualification. That means no match. No, that means you get a triple threat. How many? How many times has that happened? Don't you guys know by now that that's the dumbest thing to do?
0: It's what you and I have been saying or shouting at the screen for years. Don't you watch wrestling? Yeah, and also,
1: isn't the whole dream of everybody to be at WrestleMania? So why would you not want to have a match at WrestleMania? Right.
0: Yeah, there, there's, there's so much... There's such a lack of internal logic with everything that WWE does. And I understand, you know, I feel like part of... Uh, this year's bland card is maybe they're a little scared because they've been, the last two years, they've been so stricken by injuries. Uh, their plans have been derailed so badly by whether it was a big, you know, somebody big like Seth Rollins, uh, being knocked out of the picture or lots of injuries all at once like it was a couple of years ago. Finn Balor, who. Oh my gosh. Well, that was. Who's, who's back in wrestling
1: on house shows and has been for a month now, so.
0: Yeah, but I think you you have to as because it's as you said earlier, what you're looking forward to more is the raw after Mania, right. and that's that's absolutely a, a brilliant point because that's going to be a better show than WrestleMania.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, or it's going to be more entertaining than WrestleMania because It'll one, be a
1: more no, a newsworthy show more than likely, yes, and more nobody yes. show, which is which is not what you would expect for a throwaway free television program but
0: but that's how it's been you know for a while now and and really not just wrestlemania a lot of their pay-per-views you know very often the raw after a pay-per-view is is much more exciting than the pay-per-view itself well and part of that is because they
1: put the the same
0: matches on the the next night well yeah and they tend to be better for some odd reason um all right let's uh let's hit another bullet point here sure
1: uh, I like organization.
0: The <laughs> the shield. Let's do a quick where are they now with the shield. Ooh. Uh, we have Roman Reigns, who basically nobody but uh, children, a few children and some women are happy with where he is.
1: And and some people with the last name McMahon.
0: Uh, yes. Uh, we have Dean Ambrose, who, as we mentioned earlier, is just not comfortable in the main event or is a, a champion or a world champion, but seems to be very, very good at the top of the mid card. And we have Seth Rollins. The worst
1: booked baby face in well, the history of baby faces.
0: Here's, here's my question to you. Who's <laughs> a better baby face, Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns? Oh, God. Uh, the answer to that is Roman Reigns. because seth rollins has the same gene that uh vince and stephanie have that that heel gene you just want to boo that guy well he's he's a smarmy looking
1: guy and he is and he's and he's great i mean i love seth rollins and there was, a, there was a point where he could have come back as a huge babyface, and it was the one point where they decided to not make that happen. I know, they blew it the next him, night. And then have him turn on the crowd. And then, as soon as everyone was like, all right, well, I guess it's a heel again, then they turned on babyface just out of default because Finn Balor had gotten right. hurt. Right, right. For the dumbest reason ever, because he was jealous of Kevin Owens' attention from... From Triple H.
0: Which is the worst reason to be yeah. a baby face. So why should I have
1: any sympathy for you? Why do I, you <laughs> know, why would I possibly get behind you right now, Seth Rollins?
0: He's a baby face cause he's being a whiny shit baby. Yeah. And
1: honestly, Triple H is the baby face in that feud if you look yeah. at it from a traditional standpoint. Yeah. Cause he's the one that's like, I will not back down. I will not surrender. You can do what you want to do. We're not going to sanction this, you know. He's he's the tough
0: guy. Well, and they did the same thing a couple of years ago with Alberto Del Rio when he came back and had that phenomenal match with John Cena. And every the crowd was going nuts. They loved him. And mm-hmm. then the next night, he's a heel with Zeb Coulter.
1: Which is, which is again, Alberto Del Rio, a couple years before that, they decided they wanted to turn him face, and it was the dumbest thing in the world at that time. So... Every time that it seems like the right time to turn somebody face, they always keep them a heel and vice versa. Every time yeah. it seems like it's the right moment yeah. to turn a heel, hey, let's keep this person, let's turn this person a baby face. It, it's really odd how tone deaf they seem. And I, and we discussed this when Roman Reigns came out at 30, right? You said it's not being tone deaf. It's just, fuck you. We're going to do things the way that we want to do it.
0: And yeah. that's all there is to it. Well, at this point that, that has to be, well, even in the last year, that has to be it. There, there's yeah. no, you know, they know what they're doing, and it's just, you know, fuck you. We're gonna do it the way we want to do it. Yep, and, and you're gonna like it, damn it.
1: And it's mind blowing. But it's the thing is, as long as they continue to make a profit off of this, there's no consequences as far as they're concerned. And yeah, they, they're, they've lost ratings, and they've lost. You know, money with their stocks and stuff like that, but it's no- never enough to like jar them and they still have enough of an income stream coming through with all the things that they do that they've, the, the company's too big to have one or two bad decisions really affect them that badly. Yeah, But at the, the same bottom- time, you, you don't, you're not going to make another Steve Austin. You're not going to make another rock. You're going to have to find somebody who's got that level of talent and charisma and let them be that person, and they're not letting that happen with people who might have that
0: potential. Well, and that's the problem is they're handing everybody scripts and, you know, sticking them to their characters and, okay. and whatever the case may be, and people aren't, you know, The Rock happened organically, Stone Cold Steve Austin happened organically, uh, you know, they didn't happen because some idiot writer gave them a list of words to say.
1: Yeah. And they let, you know, they, they let CM Punk get a lot further in that company than I ever thought they would. They begrudgingly let Daniel Bryan do what he could as long as he could. But not that I'm saying Sami Zayn could be at the level of the rocker or Steve Austin, but that guy should be a lot bigger than he is at this point in time. Like when he goes out and wins a match against Kevin Owens, my jaw drops because I'm like, they really just put him over after the way they've treated that guy for that long because he's kind of bulletproof in the sense that they can book him however they want to. And he still comes out there and gets an enormous reaction. Um, but for how long? Yeah, exactly. How many times can you beat the guy before that magic goes away?
0: Yeah. They, they've got to throw him a bone because the, the days of somebody like Tommy dreamer consistently losing and staying over, I think are long gone because our attention, our attention spans aren't what they used to be like. We, and this was a problem I was having a few years ago that I don't, and I don't know that they, I don't know if WWE has trained me to think differently or if they're just booking slightly better than they were. But a few years ago, I mean, I had stopped watching entirely because all of the guys that I would get behind or that I would like, uh, they, they would just, you know, would, would always end up falling back down the card and not getting pushes. Like I remember, getting behind Kofi big time. And yep. he, he got all the way up to the main event and was feuding with Randy Orton and then just disappeared. They pulled the rug out.
1: Yep. And they've, and they've done that so many times with so many guys. They just... It's like one week they get bored with someone and yeah, yep, that, you're back down the card.
0: That's that's what it feels like. That's absolutely that, what it feels like. And there's a way to cycle guys up and down and,
1: and, and do it the right way. But, you know... When a guy gets over and you yank him off television, you're not doing anybody a favor. It, it doesn't help anything. It's not good for anybody's business. So it, it still baffles me. You know, and that's that's always going to happen as long as you have guys with the name McMahon at the top of that, uh, you know, top of the pecking
0: order in WWE. Well, let's let's look at the bottom of the pecking order and uh, talk a little bit about the audience, or or as they would have it the WWE universe They're another bunch of assholes
1: that i just want to
0: tell the fuck off all the time uh, they they are and, and it's funny because if you remember years ago when uh cuz I, I i think you i think you showed up for a few TNA pay-per-views or events or whatever um but you you had very little tolerance for the TNA audience i've yeah i, I still don't get behind
1: that whole and a lot and let's let's face it that started as the ECW
0: audience yeah 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 and uh, it it is unfortunately like a zombie plague it has spread to the WWE where these people in the crowd are more interested in getting themselves over than in watching these matches and respecting these athletes.
1: Well, and there's a there's an easy solution to this. And I say easy. Uh, I'm I'm not, you know, the one booking all this. Well, let, the way before, before, the before, that wait, is wait, to, wait,
0: wait, wait. Before you present your reasonable solution, okay. let me present my unreasonable solution. Uh-huh. you give JBL a cattle prod and you send <laughs> him out into the crowd, and every time some dickhead starts a "this is awesome" chant or start singing, we want some Bailey, or whatever, JBL goes out. Or you deserve
1: it to the person who's holding a championship.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, you deserve it. JBL goes out in the crowd and just starts stabbing motherfuckers with a cattle prod. I like that idea. I would pay pay pay-per-view money just to see that for two hours
1: it would be better than JBL behind a microphone, that's uh, for sure. Yeah, you
0: got that right. All right, so what is what? your actual reasonable solution?
1: Oh, well, you know, if you do something that engages that crowd enough to where they uh, don't yeah, want to yeah. sit there and chant CM Punk uh, over and over again, then they'll stop doing it. Right. That's the, that's the key to it. Keep them entertained and they won't try to entertain themselves. And there's
0: evidence of that even within WWE's product where there are matches when you've got like Jack Gallagher versus Neville or uh, Austin Aries on the microphone. You know, there, there are things that WWE provides that do stop that kind of nonsense.
1: Yep. But I mean, there's, there's some people that used to be immune to that kind of stuff that, even now, uh, you know, we've seen what happened with The Rock coming out and getting booed and having people chant at him and stuff like that yeah, yeah. in the last couple of years. So nobody's immune to it. It just, you've, you've, you've let it go this far to where you're going to have to work a lot harder to curb that stuff. And, and, and there the, was a lot of it that lasted for years, like the Steve Austin what chants. And, you know, those were happening when the crowd was as hot as it could possibly be, but that was also kind of part of the show in a way. Right. And some people knew how to play off of it.
0: Yeah, Kurt Angle, I think, handled that better than anybody. Yeah. Which, oh my gosh, I hope.
1: He also invited it the most, though, because of his delivery style, because he left these big
0: gaps in between his sentences. And, yeah, it inevitably led to a what? I I hope that he's going to be, in some way, shape, or form, I hope he's going to be back on our television screens soon.
1: Well, I, I know the word around the campfire is that he'll be replacing McFoley as the GM, which, you know, I, I'm both looking forward to and dreading because I don't want anyone on screen with Stephanie McMahon uh, and camera angles that are making her look taller than everybody on the <laughs> roster and her just emasculating every single person. Yeah, she's worse than her father ever was as a character. I mean, Shane was never really like that as a character. He was never the well, demanding boss, but at least Vince got comeuppance against him.
0: Well, right, and Steph- Stephanie can't ever get comeuppance because she's dealing with a bunch of males, and right. it, it's not appropriate for them to get any kind of, of uh, vengeance on her. Chris Jericho is the only one that has had a reasonable back-and-forth feud with Stephanie McMahon. Right, and and he's one of
1: the guys that is like McMahon's made men that can pretty much do whatever he wants to.
0: Let me suggest this as an alternative to Kurt Angle. Uh, We we know Chris Jericho is going on a brief six-week tour with Fozzie, but other than that... That happens to not be being booked on Monday night, so... Right. What about Chris Jericho as the new general manager Mm. dealing with Stephanie McMahon? Because he could hold his own, he wouldn't be a whipped puppy like Foley. Uh, which honestly, I, I you know, Foley, I love McFoley. I will always love love his legacy. I will always love his character. Uh, but as a general manager, this last time, uh, he he was just not good. His heart wasn't in it. Uh, I don't think his mind is in it anymore. He had no. a few, he had a few moments. That was the sad part. Yeah, he had a few moments of good intensity, but overall, it just didn't work uh but not only was
1: that the sad part with with Foley legitimately having issues with his memory but Stephanie mocking that 2 weeks ago on raw was really sad
0: but it was probably at Foley's suggestion i have no doubt yeah
1: yeah but, I, know, I wouldn't
0: be surprised but it was it was painful to watch because it, uh, it, it, it was, was but um, but it was some of the only genuine emotion i felt while watching Foley as general manager Well, I have a novel idea about who should be the next general manager. Okay. Nobody,
1: because (laughs) it's not necessary to have a general manager on a wrestling program, but it's this rut that they have gotten themselves in where they have to have an authority figure, and they can never make it work work with a babyface authority figure for more than a couple months before they wind up turning that person heel, and that happens every time. And I know I'm guilty of it. Hey, when I'm playing Extreme Warfare Revenge, and I always book an authority figure uh, on my shows because it's an easy way to deliver your story. Yeah, but they should be better than that, and they shouldn't have to have that as a as a as a fall, you know, something to fall on every single time. I, and especially I, somebody like Steffi McMahon in charge is a whole other story. But
0: I think they've done a fairly good job though with uh, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon on SmackDown. Yes, I
1: do. I do too, and it's because they are they they play that role to a minimum. Yeah. Uh, Shane's, Shane's even there half the time, and Daniel Bryan basically goes out there and kind of logically books things. For the most part, there have been some silly stories in there every once in a while. But
0: but he, uh, Daniel Bryan, well, first of all, the most entertainment I get out of wrestling these days is uh, Daniel Bryan and Renee Young on Talking Smack. Mm-hmm. That, that is by far the best show WWE is producing right now because Daniel Bryan is genuinely having fun and also you're getting something that you don't get enough of. Uh, younger performers are coming out and getting mic time and getting to be creative and interesting and interacting with, you know, Daniel Bryan who is, who is a experienced vet. Right. Uh, and, and the show feels real, which is another problem. And this is not one of my bullet points, but it should have been. Uh, the biggest problem in WWE right now, aside from the women's hair extensions. No, God. <laughs> is the fact that they have completely given up on kayfabe. And as a result, Nothing has any gravitas anymore. Right. Uh, I think they need to get a handle on all of the performers' social media. When you have (laughs) Sasha and Charlotte or Sasha or Bailey and Charlotte or whatever the case may be engaged in a, in a feud built on hatred on Raw, and then you can go to their Twitter or their Instagram or whatever and see them palling around and eating birthday cake together and giggling at the zoo. That's a problem. Yeah. But the and, an and worst problem can't... is when you have shows on WWE's network that shows these two foes hanging yeah. out, eating ice cream, doing whatever. Like yeah. This is ridiculous. That's uh, a
1: problem. And, and it's, it's not, you can't do it like you could have, you know, in the territory days 30 years ago no, where, no, you know, no. oh, those, those guys can't ride in the same but, car together but
0: because NXT, of that. NXT does it. NXT yeah. maintains within the context of the NXT program. They maintain their characters. They maintain the reality of their storylines. You don't see William Regal, who is the general manager, who is, uh, I will say again, my favorite wrestler of all time, uh, you don't see Regal goofing around with what are ostensibly his employees. Right. Uh, you, you don't see, uh, you know, NXT w- within that, when you watch that show and you believe those feuds, whereas on Raw and SmackDown, they're, uh, the, you know, you, you have things like Kofi Kingston coming out and saying, this isn't my character saying this, this is real. You, right. You don't, that's, that should never have been allowed. He should have been fined for that. And I love <laughs> Kofi, but you, you've gotta get, and, and yes, we all, we're all in on it now. It's the age of the internet. We all get it, but you have to allow me to suspend my disbelief. When I'm sitting there watching the G.I. Joe movie, Channing Tatum doesn't turn around to the camera and say, you know, I'm not really an army guy, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, uh, it's definitely something they need to rein in. Um, I, I'm. I think there's there's some places where that works, where you can have people out of character not on the main wrestling shows, um, but maybe in some of the the stuff on the network if it's done the right way. But not like doing a program that's airing at the same time these two people are having a feud on screen.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with some of the more shooty stuff that they do, like when when. Uh, Like I love the table for three stuff, and they do have
1: people who are occasionally having a feud at the time that, in that, when, at the time that that will originally air. But you can also say, hey, this was filmed three months ago. When they weren't fighting it out. You know, you can kind of believe, you can kind of, uh, you know, put that in your, in your suspension of disbelief. Same same way that I justify like, oh, why is there theme music for people who who are doing run-ins? Because there's a guy in the back that sees somebody and presses a button on a console real quick. There's ways that you can, you know, suspend your disbelief for those things, but yeah, the, the, the stuff on Twitter is a little silly.
0: Well, and that's what you just said. Don't, don't do anything that challenges my suspension of disbelief too much. Right. You know, I'm in it for the ride. Anybody that's watching this stuff, we want to get invested in it. We want to have fun. We're, we're going to give you a, we're going to give WWE a lot of slack, but don't, Don't push it as far as they do. It's just too much now. Like they need to get back to, well, where NXT is, is perfect. NXT is a good wrestling show. There's no winking that, like when I see Revival go out to the ring, I believe that Revival are going out there to win the fucking titles.
1: Yeah. I will give you also another except for that rule is Southpaw Regional Wrestling because I could watch that all day.
0: I haven't seen any of it yet. I just haven't had time to check it out, but I've heard it's amazing.
1: It is, I mean, it is, it is the perfect parody and it's almost, it's almost too good to be something the WWE would produce to acknowledge like that level of territory stuff. And I realize they have a lot of stuff on the network now, but they don't have anything that's quite that like regional on the network regularly. So it's, um, you know, I mean, it just, it, I sit there and watch that stuff and I see, you know, uh, Rusev doing his wacky cowboy character and John Cena playing this like, this uh, you know straight announcer guy behind the you know behind the the desk and just the just everything on the production cues the way it, like you know and now let's go to this guy in the back and he sits there and stares at the camera for five seconds before they go everything um, is yeah. perfect about it
0: well you know what I've got to wonder who's technically running the network because you know I I don't know how much you watch the Edge and Christian show. But there was some stuff on there that, like you're saying, I'm like, I, I can't believe WWE is producing something that's this funny, that's this not homogenous. Because, I mean, when when the – uh I can't remember exactly what it was, but they would do their fake product endorsements, and mm-hmm. they had Tammy Sitch's, like, anti-crab juice or something. Like, I mean, they had some <laughs> stuff on there that I was like, holy shit, this yes. is – like, I, this is the sort of thing – that I think a WWE employee would get fired for putting up on Twitter, but it's on right. their network. <laughs> yeah, there there was some wild, and and I fucking hate well, that show didn't get renewed because that's one of the best things WWE has ever done.
1: Well, and they're they're doing these Snickers commercials now too. Yes, that are those all are great. Done. Yeah, and and like I mean, Rusev again should be like the biggest star in the company uh, oh, by every gosh. measure that there is. I know. Because <laughs> he's great at everything he does, and he is given the worst shit to work with, and he makes it the best stuff on the program every week.
0: As our pal Steve Austin likes to say, he turns chicken shit into chicken salad.
1: <laughs> I never would have thought that when that guy, you know, first showed up on the main roster because I didn't, you know, he didn't see. I saw him a couple times in uh, NXT, and he was
0: well just kind of there. And also, he showed up too soon after that other Russian guy. Um, the really stiff guy that, uh, Kozlov. Yes. Vladimir Kozlov.
1: It was a, it was a couple years removed, I think, but it was, uh, yeah,
0: but I mean, it was still pretty recent. Like, Oh, here's another big Russian guy. This should go well. Yeah. Like I, I remember feeling that way about him, but yeah, Rusev is phenomenal. And, and if you've ever heard him and, uh, Lana or CJ or whatever, uh, on like an interview or a podcast or anything they're even better in person than they are on screen yeah like they are a fucking hilarious like together couple and i and i i do wish wwe would get behind them all right we gotta wrap this thing up uh we we've talked i i think fairly well Are, are there any other general wwe points uh, that you'd like to address before we go into the uh, the uh card itself and just kind of run down each match real quick.
1: Uh, one thing we were talking about, and I, I wrote a about this, because uh we're talking about Dean Ambrose, because mm-hmm. he's kind of this special case. Because I love Dean Ambrose. I think he's a phenomenal um presence out there. But what you were saying before, where he's great as a secondary champion, but he just doesn't have what it takes. See, I think he's almost too good to be a U.S. champion, but not quite good enough to be a world champion. And he reminds me a lot of Roddy Piper in that sense. Yes. And that's the person that I can liken him to the most, especially a lot of the ways that his you know demeanor is and all that stuff. Sure, sure. But he's a guy that you can build that around, you can put up to that spot. And I think he's one of the most valuable guys in the company. I wish he wasn't doing those goofy moves in the ring that just take me out of it every time he does Uh, it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, He's one of the guys that I think they should really be you know, able to build some, some stuff around and not necessarily have him as a world champion, but that also goes to the fact that they feel like they've got to put a, a title on everybody. You know, Every, every six weeks, they've got, to, they've got to switch that thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, so. and it's, it's not so much that I don't think Ambrose has what it takes to be a main event player or a world champion. It's just that we, we so far, the times he's been put in that spot, it has not worked. Yeah. He hasn't found the right groove or the right opponent for that to work in my opinion. Uh all right, let's uh let's go up the card here. Mania. WrestleMania. 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 Uh <laughs> I'm going to have to play that at some point in here. Okay. Uh, uh, uh Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, uh just a, a big giant clusterfuck. Uh I Oh, we missed one of my bullet points. We'll hit it right now real quick. Braun Strowman, I fucking love Braun Strowman. Uh, I, I was love- going to
1: say, you're not going to mention that Braun Strowman is going to win here, right? Because that's pretty much the only possible. Yeah, he outcome. has to.
0: He has to yeah. because it's because a he's crime. not
1: anywhere else in the card. It's a
0: fucking crime. He's not anywhere else on the card because out of everybody on the roster, I feel like that guy has taken what they've given him and run with it like mad. I think it's and a- then they ran him into a brick wall named Roman Reigns. Damn, damn fucking shame because. Strowman is powerful in the ring. He's improved a thousand percent since he first showed up on Raw. He gives a great promo. Nobody yep. gives promos like that anymore. He, he's, when I say he's old school, I know that that sort of pigeonholes him, but it, it's old school in the best way possible. Right. He's, he's strong. He's scary. The audience responds to him every time he's out there. Even if because they, they've given him a couple of dumb things to do, but even then the audience is is he's so fucking over. He's got to win this thing, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's nobody else that could possibly win that match, and well, they, it have not make any sense. My but-
0: my concern though is that Big Show was supposed to have his match against Shaquille O'Neal, and that now you know possibly he'll win this thing as sort of a, a consolation prize.
1: I don't think they'll do that just because he he has already won it a couple of years ago.
0: I hope you're right. Uh, I hope you're right. Uh all right. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson versus Enzo Amoria and Big Cast versus Cesaro and Sheamus. We already talked about this one a little bit. It's a ladder match now. Uh my hope is that Cesaro and Sheamus go over. Uh what is your realistic take on it?
1: Uh I could see any one of those teams walking out as the champion with WWE's booking um, as I, s- as I said before, um, I, as long as it doesn't wind up on Enzo and Cass, I'm fine. Um, because I think they need to book Anderson and Gallo stronger because they've been such a joke for the last year. Yeah. Uh, but I also love Cesaro and Seamus and I'm really happy that the smart marks have come back around on Seamus because I never let my, uh, my, my love for Seamus go away even as badly as he was booked for, for a while
0: there good for you because i, I was sick of Seamus for a while and it wasn't anything against him it was the way he was being booked uh because i mean he's he's great when you yeah. give it when you give him good stuff he's great but when you don't give him good stuff he just kind of fades uh yeah. and, and you know but but yeah I, I i would love i would love for gallows and anderson to keep looking strong or not to keep look, to finally look strong uh, but Cesaro and Sheamus, that'd be a feel-good moment. Alright. Yeah. Neville versus Austin Aries for the Cruiserweight Championship. We already know it's on the pre-show. Uh, uh this is, this is gonna be a freaking kick-ass incredible match. Neville is a phenomenal heel. Austin Aries, surprisingly, is a pretty over babyface, which I, I oh, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, uh, with, with his current character, I wouldn't have expected, but after dancing with New Day the other night, uh, he's more over than ever. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think? Did, does Neville stay strong, or does Aries get the big win?
1: It's gonna go either way. Um, I presume they're gonna put the title on Aries, just because they built him out of this—you know, built him out of this this, this injury angle—to right. have him go up against uh, Neville in this big match. So, I presume they're gonna put the title on him. But I wouldn't be sad if he didn't win. Maybe there's some shenanigans, and they get a rematch, and hey, maybe even the next night on Raw Uh, or on 205 Live in a couple weeks, he comes back and wins. But, yeah, I think they're going to put it on Austin Aries.
0: That's kind of my hope is that Neville does retain because the interesting thing about Neville is that for the first time in years, possibly since he he who shall not be named, uh, Neville is that heel that is not a chicken-shit heel. You just can't beat the guy. Yeah. Which is not something we've seen a lot, and I would like to maybe see... Neville has to finally do a little cheat to win to beat Aries, like for the first time we see that because he's been beating guys straight up just because he's so damn good. Right? It would be very interesting to tell the story of Aries is the guy that he can't beat because he's so damn good, so he has to resort to the the eye rake or or whatever the or the grabbing the tights or whatever the case may be, and then we move on from there. And maybe on two hundred five live, Aries gets the title or or whatever. You know, maybe the next next raw paper. Sure, sure. Uh, that'd be interesting. I, I, can go either way on, the, either way I'll be happy because this match is going to be great. Which, whatever back, whatever
1: pay-per-view happens after WrestleMania, it will always be backlash to me.
0: Uh, yeah, right? It should be. <laughs> it should be. It shouldn't be, uh, 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 smoky prison cell or whatever the fuck it is now. <laughs> uh, Alexa Bliss, uh, champion versus Becky Lynch versus Natalya versus Mickie James versus Carmella versus now Naomi. Versus
1: um, whoever else is on, they they right. left that open.
0: Which this, you know, as much as I was complaining before about these, you know, b- matches with too many people in them, this has the potential to be really fun. uh Kind of like the gimmick battle royal they had a few years ago.
1: Well, and or, also, well, also you know, say a few years some ago, surprises.
0: It a, yeah, right. We we can they can bring back some other people in this. Hell, they you know, for all we know, they could bring in Asuka.
1: Hey, um, uh, well, and I was going to actually go to that in a second, but uh I was. I was going to say, hey, uh, Eva Marie. It's about time for her to return, right? No, it isn't because she has apparently parted ways. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. But uh, uh, you know, there's, nah, that there's still that faint. one last payoff. Yeah, um, no, I was I was going to say, pay attention to who wins the women's the NXT women's title right. match the night before, right? Um, because that might determine who shows up on at Mania.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is, I could see either one of them winning and either one of them showing up at Mania. Yeah. Uh so yeah that this this actually has the potential to be and I I will say uh you know on Raw you had a match with all the women and on SmackDown you had a match with all the women and the SmackDown match was really fun and entertaining the Raw match was a fucking drag. So Yeah, but the Raw
1: match wasn't as much of a fucking drag as the 10 minutes of talking before it.
0: Yeah, well the shit man, I I watched uh I went to watch Raw and I I had worked my, my 12 hours, I'd been up since 3.30 in the morning. Uh, I, I'd i been going from nights to days, so I was really tired when I was watching Raw. Uh, I watched the opening segment. I fell asleep. I woke up for Gallagher uh, versus Neville, which was awesome. I, I loved seeing Neville just spank Gallagher. Um, but I missed a lot of Raw, so I went back to rewatch it tonight on Hulu. And if you know, the Hulu version is only 90 minutes. Right. And... It there was one match? No, there were oh, two God. matches. There were two matches. It was uh Jericho and Owens, or not Jericho, um Zayn and was Owens, it? and then that opening women's match, and that was it. Everything. But there else were only
1: four matches. Was, only four matches on Raw proper, and it was like ninety minutes of video matches. Matches.
0: Yeah, it, it was. It was horrible, and yet they
1: couldn't find the time to work in like announcing that it was going to be a ladder match for the tag right. titles. Right, they right. had to do that the next day on social media.
0: Um. But anyway, the 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 SmackDown women's match, I'm, I'm actually very excited about it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it has a lot of potential to be interesting. Definitely more
1: exciting about that exciting about that one in the Raw match, which is sad because the Raw match should be a lot more, and it should be a one-on-one, and it should be the, uh, as I talked about earlier, the triumph of the plucky underdog yes. after many years, many months of being beaten.
0: I, I don't understand the logic of having Bailey going into Mania as the champion. It makes no sense. Well,
1: you know, why would you want somebody to appear special for the biggest show in the year?
0: Right. Yeah. Um, next, we've got Ambrose, uh, the Intercontinental Champion. Or wait, is he? Inter- yeah, Intercontinental Champion versus Baron Corbin, uh, which is one of the few one-on-one matches on the card. Uh, well, I say few. It's, it's one of the one-on-one matches on the card. And I'm actually interested to see what they do. I'm, I, I'm not excited about it because, honestly, it, it could be a SmackDown main event. Uh, but you know these guys have worked really hard and they deserve their spot on the card. And uh, I don't care who wins because that that title, it, it, like the U.S. title, is kind of an afterthought at this point. Yeah. Do you do you have any feelings on this one?
1: No, it doesn't really matter who wins. Um, I don't. I think that the title probably should be on Ambrose. Um, I don't think that Baron Corbin needs a secondary title to continue to elevate himself, and Ambrose is. Such a good champion. So, um, but I, I don't know. I I can go either way on my prediction, but I would prefer to see Ambrose retain.
0: I'm going to throw this in now because I don't know where it goes. Uh, we have the performance from Pitbull, Flo Rida, uh, Alabama Lawn Chair, uh, (laughs) Lunch Money Lewis, New York Perfume Spray, a bunch of fucking people that, Whose music has been plaguing me ever since they started advertising WrestleMania. Just just the fucking worst. This is a this is a dump break, beyond a yeah. shadow of a doubt. Um
1: Hopefully this is when The Rock comes out, instead of setting his name on
0: fire, sets all the musicians on fire. Oh man, do the world a favor. Yeah. Um all right, so Next we have John Cena and Nikki Bella versus, as I said earlier, the two best heels working in the business today, the Miz and Maurice. Uh, this has been really weird because Miz and Maurice are phenomenal and the sketches they did. I've never seen a single episode of Total Divas or Total Bellas. Oh, but they were so great doing the parody of it. Oh my gosh. I don't ever have to watch it. I was dying. It was hilarious. And then John Cena came out and no-sold it and is no-selling Miz as a competitor and is completely shitting on him as an opponent and honestly is coming across almost like a heel. Yeah. Uh, and it's really irritating me because when you're the babyface and and you're not showing that the heel is getting under your skin at all, you're doing a shitty job. And it's not like John Cena to do a shitty job. Uh, this is driving me fucking crazy. And on SmackDown, I don't, and Noel, if you end up going back and watching SmackDown, I'll be interested to know what you think of this. Uh, John Cena essentially cut a blistering promo on Maurice that came across like bullying, wow. uh, was one of the most heelish things I've seen in wrestling lately. Hey, be a star. Uh, you, well, and that's the thing. Like, they're not going to bring in Bully Ray, but they're going to let, uh, uh, because his name is Bully, but they're going to let, John Cena, uh, you know, d- demean Maurice for the fact that she and Miz don't have any kids. Oh they're yeah, gonna, we
1: also go back to, while uh, we're talking about bullying, go back to fucking JBL and how he should be just fucking fired for, for his comments about Mauro Ronaldo.
0: Well, Mauro and Ellsworth. Yeah. Uh, just well, yeah, the Ellsworth
1: thing is, the Ellsworth thing in character is whatever. Well, Ellsworth is a, especially now that he's a heel, I don't mind him ragging on him for being a but little worried guy. the problem
0: is JBL's a heel.
1: Yeah. Which is another
0: thing they need to get rid well, of. The, Bobby are, Heenan
1: also made fun of the really terrible heels too when yeah, he was but at his fiance. JBL JBL's no best. Bobby Heenan. No, oh, I realize that, but I'm just, if you're talking about just heel announcers and their precedent for doing that. I mean, Corey Graves rips on heels and praises baby faces all the time. Well, and, but Corey
0: Graves is, I, I put him in a, and this is my personal opinion. I put Corey Graves at a different skill level. I think within a couple of years, Corey Graves is going to be up with Jesse Ventura as one of the great heel announcers. But Um, the Mauro and Olive
1: thing is the thing that really bothers me. because, Especially once it came out, why he missed those shows. Yeah. And JBL
0: kind of half-ass apologized. Um, Yeah. Which which is, you know, as as, uh, has been reported... Many times over the years is the best kind of apology you're going to get out of JBL. Yeah, um, yeah, that that's a disgusting situation, and that guy, that guy shouldn't have a job. You're right. Um, but this this Cena and Nikki Bella versus Miz and Maurice, uh, I, I you know, Miz and Maurice have have done a fantastic job. Cena and Nikki have not, which is disappointing because I you know I'm finally on the Cena bandwagon. I, I respect the guy uh I I realize and and I acknowledge the fact that he has been involved in some of the best matches in the history of the business. Yeah. Uh he loves wrestling, he knows the business, he's smart, he's good, he knows how to work. Uh but I don't feel like he's held up his end of this feud and it's pissing me off. Uh Yeah, and and I think that
1: part of that is I, I don't know, I don't know how much that is him just doing this to be in character and you're supposed to kind of dislike him for it. Um, and I haven't seen this stuff tonight. So, which is apparently the, what you were just saying is kind of the worst offender of it all. Um, I wish this was a one-on-one match because I would love to see those two have a oh, great match yeah, and yeah. you're not going to get it with, with it being a mixed tag team match.
0: Well, the rumor, and I'm sure you've read this, the rumor is that post-match John Cena will propose to Nikki Bella.
1: Yeah, cause that's what I wanna see.
0: Well, you know what though? Honestly, it's WrestleMania. As you said earlier, it's more sizzle than steak. I'm fine yes. with that. I don't have a problem with that. And, here's my great idea that will not happen. Uh, you know, Cena and Bella, Cena and Nikki win. Whatever. You know, they're gonna win. Yeah. After the match, he proposes to her. And, on Tuesday night, on SmackDown, Miz and Maurice come out and Miz cuts a promo about, oh, you finally proposed. Did we have anything to do with that? And there's this whole cloud over the Cena proposal. Did he do it just because of everything that Miz did? And we, we further that story and get the Miz versus Cena singles match down the, which I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that
1: will happen at the, at the follow up pay per view. I would just like, if they're going to do the proposal, I would like for Nikki Bella to say no.
0: Oh, (laughs) oh, (laughs) whoa. You're going a totally different direction.
1: (laughs) Yes. Just because that's apparently been the focus of this whole, you know, Total Bellas thing for so long. Oh, my gosh. I would just laugh. But where do you
0: go from there?
1: Oh yeah, I, I, that I, would realize that would amazing that, though, you're right. It, there's no interest in long-term booking that, but it would just, it would be the the most oh. hilarious moment on the show, I have a feeling. Actually. And she what, just be like,
0: nope. What would be great, now I guess it's not possible, cause I, I think she's pregnant, but what would be great is if, uh, Cena proposes, and then she says, I'm Brie, idiot, and then just <laughs> walks off. <laughs> uh. Alright, so, next up, uh, Oh, do you have the same prediction as me that that Cena and Nikki are going
1: to win? Yeah, Cena, Cena and Nikki are going to win this. Okay. I, I think that if we were taking Vegas odds, that would be the, the yeah. easiest bet.
0: Uh, next up, we have uh, Jericho and Owens for the U.S. title. Uh, absolutely, uh, match of the night, unless Aries and Neville actually get a decent amount of time. But uh, I mean, I mean, it's Jer- on the pre-show,
1: so yeah, even if they yeah, do, there's going to be a break in the middle to advertise oh, whatever's new on the network.
0: Shit, you're right. Uh, so Owens and Jericho—it's going to be phenomenal. Who cares who wins? Uh, I think Owens has got to go over. He needs it. Jericho does yep. not. Yeah.
1: And I and I I think that Owens is too good and too big—no pun intended—for the U.S. title. Yeah. Um, but you know he's got to he's got to win that match. Um, Jericho Jericho benefits not at all by winning it, especially after beating AJ Styles last year at Mania.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, so Raw women's match: Bailey, Charlotte, Sasha, and Nia Jax. Uh, who, who? In addition, well, you know what? I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to be nice. Nia Jax, who is, you know, what what they've made of her. Uh, I don't give a crap about this match, which is a damn shame because I love yeah. Bailey. I think Bailey is one of the best workers on the card. I don't agree with people who say that she has not made the good transition to Raw. I think she made an excellent transition to Raw. I think her character has been tweaked. I think she works. I think she cuts incredible promos, but I think they booked her like shit. Yeah. Um, I love Bailey. Charlotte Flair, uh, I can never tell if I hate her as a heel or if I genuinely hate her. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sasha Banks needs to be a heel again. Nidax, yeah. uh, is, you know, there. She's a prop.
1: Yeah. She shouldn't be in that match.
0: She, she's, uh, She's Vladimir Kozlov.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I don't. I don't care who wins this. I don't care about this situation. Uh, I
1: presume that. I presume that Bailey wins. There's something with her and Sasha leads to Sasha screwing her out of the title or turning on her and beating her.
0: But then, what do you do with Charlotte? Uh, hey, she can always feud with Dana Brooke. Uh, well. Yeah. Actually, Dana Brooke uh, on fire a few weeks ago. That was great. That was a tremendous yeah. beatdown. I was very impressed by that.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, Alright. She got beaten 30 seconds the next week, so it didn't do much uh, for her.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, moving up the card, Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. Here's the interesting thing that was pointed out on SmackDown that I had not, when I was talking to, uh, on our special bonus episode earlier this week, uh, talking to Michael Mosley, we, we, we talked about a couple of matches on the card. We didn't run down the whole card, uh, but we were talking about Shane versus AJ and how big it would be and how crazy it would be. Uh, they went to great pains to point something very interesting out on SmackDown tonight at the contract signing.
1: Was it that there's a roller coaster on the set?
0: No. it was Because that, that's, that's, that's going to happen. <laughs> it was that this is a wrestling match. This is not a false count anywhere. This is not no disqualification. This is a straight wrestling match, which is something Shane has never done and that AJ is the master of. Well, and after Shane's
1: Survivor Series little stinger he had, he's probably not going to take the giant bumps that he because he's forty seven years old. I think
0: is he that um, old? I didn't think he was that much older than us.
1: I believe he's forty seven. Oh, wow. um, there was a the, the, someone was pointing out that on the set they they built a uh, a roller coaster. I don't um, think that's for Shane. But yeah, that's that's what the the joke was that he's going to go off it I don't think that he's going to take that kind of bump I don't think that he's
0: well now especially he, he after wise you,
1: to do it at this point
0: well especially after you watch tonight's smackdown like that was the whole point of the contract signing was this is a singles match there are no stipulations yeah. this is a one-on-one wrestling match And you are stepping into AJ Styles world and AJ Styles is the greatest performer to ever step through, uh, ropes in a WWE ring. I mean, it was, it was one of the best contract signings I've seen and Shane kind of didn't have anything to say. Like it was, it was very interesting dynamic and that's, I, I don't know what's going to happen here. I mean well, I feel I, like AJ I has kinda to hope go over. that
1: just telegraphs that AJ's the obvious winner, but I, I hope you so. never know when it comes to Shane McMahon matches.
0: Well and the thing is, like like we were talking about earlier, uh, being in a match against Shane is special. It is a mark that the company uh thinks a lot of you. So even if Shane does go over, it's not realistically gonna hurt AJ. It shouldn't well, Shane, happen, but it's it's not gonna hurt him. If I if I'm recalling
1: correctly, Shane has a history of Typically not going over unless he's a heel and he has, like, help from, like, 30 guys. Like, when, you know, he beat the Big Show Which, with the help of Kurt Angle smashing the Big Show's head with a how, cinder block, whatever it was.
0: How fucking amazing would it be if they did the switch in this match and the Mean Street Posse showed up to help Shane? Because the, <laughs> the crowd already wants to cheer AJ anyway. Yeah. I mean, they are. So, I don't know. I don't know who's going over here, but it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, At the very least,
1: and I'm torn on AJ because as much as like she seems like he should be the natural baby face, he's doing such a good job of being a heel. Oh, I
0: know. He he disregards the crowd. Yeah. Um. He, you know, he is being. He's doing the best he can to be a heel, but the crowd is like, no, no, we love you. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) It's not. It's not his fault. Uh, All right. Uh, Undertaker versus Roman Reigns, the match that nobody asked for. Uh, except maybe Roman Reigns and Vince McMahon. Actually, even, I'll, I'll even give Roman Reigns credit for not asking for it. I'll, I'll say Vince McMahon asked for it. Uh, I, I am not invested uh, in this in I, any way. Uh,
1: no, neither am I. And it's not looking good for the Undertakers, uh, 31 and 1 or whatever his streak is right now. I, <sighs> I think that there's going to be a 2 in that right side.
0: Uh, which is awful. Yeah because
1: um, if they put Roman Reigns over Braun Strowman to kill his momentum they're doing everything they can to make this guy be the biggest star in the company every time at everybody's expense
0: every time we have a moment to think okay maybe they finally realize that they can't just shove Roman down our throats they turn around and double down yeah and it's and you know
1: what i'm actually kind of fine with it if roman goes full blown heel yes. and does you know Brings out a, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any stipulations to the match or anything, but you know, if they had said it was like an ODQ or whatever, and he comes out and he just beats him up with a lead pipe or something and just destroys him and wipes his blood on his chest a la Brock Lesnar and uh, Hulk right. Hogan. You know, I'd be fine at that point in time, but the problem is, is that I know he's going to win and the next time he's going to come out is the triumphant baby face.
0: Ugh.
1: And that's what I'm afraid of.
0: Alright, let's move on. Yeah, good. Which unfortunately, we're moving on to Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar, the rematch <laughs> of the worst match in the history of professional wrestling. <laughs> well,
1: I, I, are you you referring to the WrestleMania match from uh, 13 years ago, or well, are you you're right, you right. from the Survivor I, Series, because I, I, yeah, I, keep... I love that Survivor Series. Yeah, match.
0: you're right. The Survivor Series match was was fantastic. Like that that was that was one of the most satisfying. Uh, surprises yeah. in the history of wrestling but I, I,
1: my jaw has not dropped that much for a wrestling match in ages because I had no idea no. that they were going to end the match no. that way
0: Nobody, nobody, anybody that says that they saw that coming is full of shit yeah uh, so, and I, it well, makes
1: me afraid for this one because the they know the they limitations of these guys and I'm afraid they're going to make them go out there and have a match
0: no they can't they can't
1: Cause I mean, if, I just don't see Brock going out there and killing him in 30 seconds, but that's what they would have to do. Right,
0: because, unless they made it competitive. Goldberg is not gonna take 30 German suplexes. No. I, yeah, I have no idea what's happening here, man. I, I feel like Brock Lesnar is going to, to, to win, but I have no fucking clue what this match is gonna be. Yeah. I, I can't even guess.
1: And, and I have a feeling it's gonna be the show closer. And no, I guess what are gonna think have it is.
0: I don't think it is because they've referred uh they've referred to Randy Orton being in the main event
1: two yeah. many times. And
0: yes, I know that they consider like four or five of these matches to be main events, but they've been very specific about the WWE championship being the main event. And I and Which... I like
1: trust me, I like Randy Orton a lot more than you do, but does anyone And WWE really think that Randy Orton can close a WrestleMania in twenty seventeen? But
0: but that's part of the problem with the booking of this whole fucking show is there's not a single match on this card that can close the the show. (sighs) There's not one match on this card except for Jericho versus Owens. You know what? You know what could
1: actually, especially with the scenario that you're proposing. No pun intended. Cena and Miz.
0: Oh gosh, no, that's not, the, but there's no way that's gonna be the last match. Well, you know, I, I'm... Of course, Miz has main evented WrestleMania before, we saw it. That's true, and it was <laughs> one of the worst WrestleManias <laughs> of all time. Well, so, so far. Yeah. <laughs> we may find out different Sunday. Yeah. Um, so yeah, bre- fin- uh, potentially the last match, we don't know, but Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton, uh, I, man, Look, both of these guys have had great matches. But See, I think I, don't, I think
1: this will probably be a really good wrestling match. I think that I both even, of these guys are phenomenal when they are working with right opponent. And I think they can be each other's right opponent.
0: And and I I understand that a lot of people share that opinion of Orton. Uh, I I just don't. I don't find him interesting at all. I think everything he does looks looks put on and fake. He he looks he is another guy that excuse me. That rather than looking like a wrestler, he looks like a guy who is wrestling. Uh, I, I've just, he's never clicked with me. And I get that, that I am in the minority there, and that's totally fine, I can accept that. But my gosh, if, uh, I mean, if this is your main event for WrestleMania. Yeah, that's uh. That's what the shit? Not what I would have picked. But... And honestly, Bray, as much as I, you know, there there have been times where I've had a pretty high opinion of Bray, but he—he's not the guy to close the show either. Not with the way yep. they've treated him over the past two years. He—he yep. he has not—he he has not elevated himself to that spot. It, you know what? Honestly, out of all the matches that we're looking at, I would say. Well, the thing is, you want. Well, they—they they haven't always stuck with a babyface win. I'd say out of everything, Shane versus AJ is technically. Yeah the match with the most heat on it, like the most satisfying, the biggest possibility of work rate and crowd satisfaction.
1: Yeah, and then there's also the possibility that they'll stick Reigns and Undertaker at the end.
0: Yeah, that's that's possible too, but I think if they do that, then then Taker has to go over. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Man, there's no telling. Well, I guess
1: Remember how they want Roman Reigns to be viewed in the eyes of every fan out there. I know, there.
0: And, and him standing tall at the end of Mania would certainly, in their eyes, contribute to that cause, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, because they've been trying for three years now to make him the hero of the day, and apparently that Seth Rollins win was a very last-minute decision two years ago.
0: Well, and that's the other thing to consider. Is there a lot of names that we know are good to go... That, you know, presumably they're gonna save for the Raw after this show, but, you know, I want to believe that exciting things could happen, but in the past three, four years, WWE has a history of providing the most obvious outcomes in the most boring way possible.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, I, I'm still excited to see this pay-per-view more because we all get together and watch it as a crowd and have a blast watching than for the pay-per-view itself. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Here's, here's the thing. I would not watch this show at home alone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would watch it at least not live. I would probably watch it a few days later, and right? Just kind of right. Skip through a bunch of crap, but like, yeah, yeah. the only reason, the fact that we're going over to, you know, mm-hmm. hang out in a group and and watch it while possibly indulging in adult beverages is really the only reason why I I have any interest in it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'll watch the NXT show the night before. I'll oh, watch shit, the pay per view yeah. show. Uh, I'll, I'll watch the uh, um the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, which I'm actually kind of sad. I'll be out of town and I won't be able to watch it until I actually.
0: I get back, um, but fortunately, it's on the network now, so you you do get the whole show as opposed to yeah. our USA version.
1: Yeah. Um, I, talking about guys that that possibly could come back if there is you know any fantasy booking that could be had. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Finn Balor come back and taking out Seth Rollins. Um, because he was the guy who put him out for so long, but I don't know if they're gonna keep that kind of continuity. And I wouldn't mind seeing Finn Balor run as a heel for a little while, maybe even aligned with Triple H.
0: Yeah, well, and that's that's uh an interesting development in in and of itself, because we already have the Owens Triple H Samoa Joe uh sort of unannounced faction, I guess. Yep.
1: And that's and he would he wouldn't be a bad person to plug into that situation. Y- yeah.
0: And and uh Owens very specifically said a few weeks ago, you're you're witnessing the evolution of Kevin Owens. Yeah. Very interesting phrasing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, it's WrestleMania. Uh, it's exciting. We're going to watch it. Yes, we're going to have adult beverages that are no doubt going to enhance our enjoyment of it. Uh, I am sure there will be much wailing and gnashing of teeth, but there will also be uh, much fun to be had. Noel... Thank you so much for coming on the show, talking about WrestleMania, laying laying everything down in uh, reasonable, logical terms, which I'm not always capable of. Hey, where thanks can for we... having me on. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, where can we find you online, and uh, what are you up to? What's going on with dork droppings? Is anything happening over there? Uh, I haven't been updating much, but uh,
1: there are still... 19 years of content, actually more than that if you consider some of that stuff was written more than 20 years ago uh that's out there for you to uh, to to peruse. So uh dorkdroppings.com, the extremely infrequently updated uh <laughs> and hardly relevant in this age of social media uh, website that I have run for two decades now.
0: That's where think I I my prediction is there's no attention span now news is old within 15 seconds of when it happens people are going to be starving for content and they're going to start visiting the past i there think i think archived websites are going to be the wave of the future <laughs> the Wayback machine is the wave <laughs> of the future yeah seriously all right awesome thanks a lot man and i look forward to seeing you on sunday awesome we'll see you there no matter the state of WWE or wrestling in general, one of my favorite things is always talking to Noel about wrestling. It's always a great conversation to have. I always enjoy myself. Okay, you guys. If you can go to supportphantom.com, I appreciate it. Uh, any help that you are willing to give. Although, you can also just spread the word about the show. Uh, you know, tell your friends, hey, you know, this guy does this show. let has got a website, memelessthingsite.com. Go there to to do your Amazon shopping, or go to supportphantom.com and help this guy out. Or just share the the episodes, share the links, spread it around. The the more word gets out, the more possibility there is that somebody is going to be like, hey, I need to hear this Phantom Troublemaker guy talk about the poo nightmare. So, you know, that's that's a thing you can do to help out if you don't want to give any money. And I understand if you don't. What else is happening, you guys? Who-lanta is right around the corner, a month away from two panels and performing the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show show live at Who-lanta. Very excited about that. I'm excited to be returning to the convention where I did my very first toy panel with our pal Mike Faber from the ESO Network. Go check him out at ESOPodcast.com. It's going to be a good time. We're in the planning stages and uh, we've got something special and a little bit different we, we get to try different things when we're in different environments that's part of the fun uh, and I'm sitting here watching Wrestlemania 23 and a, a busted open and bloody Fit Finley has just uh, delivered a brutal move to Matt Hardy on top of a ladder and, and it was pretty awesome so I'm going to finish watching this because this is good stuff you guys should watch some wrestling too Settle in and enjoy yourselves. It's WrestleMania time. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vic's employee. And, of course, it's at NeedlessThingsSite.com. Love you. Mean it. uh Uh-huh.